0: I just want to be free. Welcome, Welcome to the Seven Free Podcast. Uh, my name is Chapman Woodruff. I'm stoked to bring to you Connor Grooms, CEO of Baseline. Baseline. He simultaneously maintained his job while self-producing a documentary about learning Spanish in a month. In this episode, we'll get into not only learning uh, speed tips and tricks, we'll also dive into how Baseline came to be and has also evolved since inception. Uh, we've both been fans of Tim Ferris for a while. Uh, we'll break down for us some of the process of learning Spanish fast, as well as some of the nic- richest nuggets. There, in his 130-page uh, ultimate guide to Spanish, uh, we'll also see how people can, you know, kind of break down some of the highest-frequency sound patterns in order to to uh, get conversational in Spanish in a minimal amount of time. Um, accountability in the line in this case, $500 a day, and uh, so yeah, it's an adventure about learning Spanish in a month. Uh, FreeLanguage.org forward slash FLP7. That's where all the links are that we mentioned. So forward slash FLP7. That's Free Language Podcast Seven. Thanks a lot, and here you go. I'm here today with Connor Grooms, uh, who's started Baselang.com, as well as done the documentary Spanish in a Month, where he's attempted to, and been quite successful at learning conversational Spanish in a month. How's it going there, Connor?
1: Doing well, and thanks for having me on the show.
0: Oh, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah, I just want to jump in first uh, and talk a bit about the documentary. Uh, what, what was the motivation for, for doing uh, Spanish in a Month?
1: I mean, there, there are a few different motivations. So the reason it was a documentary and not a book was that I was getting into filmmaking at the time and I was sort of playing around with it and I wanted to do you know, something at a, at a high level. Um, but, but the bigger answer is I just really like doing stuff fast. Um, this is not the first time I've done a a short challenge. Uh, the first one I did was probably eight months prior to the Spanish one where I put on 26 pounds. That's 12 kilos of lean mass in a month. Wow. Um, which was probably equally difficult to, to learning Spanish. Um, so I just, I really like doing stuff fast and I have a ton of different skills that I want to learn. And Um, I was moving to Colombia to to check it out because I had a bunch of friends tell me how great it was. So I'm like, oh, it makes sense to do it now.
0: Indeed, I absolutely concur on Colombia there. I've uh, actually lived there a few years on and off myself. uh, The first time, I guess, being in 97, and then a few times in between, sometimes on the coast, sometimes the interior. Fabulous people there. Um, So I I commend you for your choice of living location. Uh, And, okay, so when you were doing this documentary... What was the, I guess I'd say, the number one kind of most difficult thing that you, you encountered?
1: Well, I'd say, like, I'd say one thing that was surprising is how physically draining it was. Like, I knew I'd be, like, mentally tired, um, but I was taking naps almost every day because um, I was just completely wasted after, you know, three, four hours of, of speaking. Um, but, yeah, I'd say just being able to handle the volume that I wanted to be able to do I kept wanting to do more and more and more um, and having to basically make sure that I was absorbing it, make sure that, um, make sure everything was sticking. But I mean, I was also working at the same time. So a couple times I was up late, you know, putting out fires from work. um, And then it's, you know, 1 a.m. I saw haven't done, you know, my pronunciation training. And, you know, when you've got the accountability, I had a... each day, which is $500, if I didn't do my, you know, process for that day, the, the, you know, time input-based, you know, process of what I had to do for, for the, for the uh, accountability, which was three hours a day, of uh, one-on-one tutoring, for the entire month, and then initially that was two hours of uh, the Mimic method, which is for pronunciation and sort of tuning your ear to the sounds of the language. And then towards the end of the month, after I finished that, it was an hour a day of, of vocabulary. Um, so if I, didn't, if I didn't hit that, then uh, I had to pay my accountability partner, Brian Kwong, of the uh, Add One Challenge. I had to give him $500. Ouch. So when you're at 1 a.m. and you still haven't done your two hours of pronunciation, it sucks. But, you know, you get it done because, you know, frankly, the $500 is a little high. And it was not something I could afford, even though I did end up having to pay it once.
0: Oh, oh goodness. So, so it was the, basically the, just kind of the overall intensity of, of doing work and doing the documentary and having everything on the line all at the same time that was that kind of uh, was, was tough. What, what uh, specifically, I guess, related to Spanish and the actual learning of the language, uh, what was it that you encountered there that was, that was the toughest thing?
1: Um, I think if you give yourself enough time, Spanish is actually a relatively easy language. You know, if, if you're coming as a, as a native English speaker or uh, if you're a native Portuguese speaker, it's even easier. Um, it's, it's really not that difficult. Um, so I wouldn't like blame any you know, one particular part of Spanish on, on progress. It's just a matter of exposing yourself to it enough, hearing it enough, you know, spending a lot of time in conversations and speaking. And, you know, there's not any one part that's, like, specifically challenging.
0: Okay. Okay. And is there any aspect that was maybe easier than you thought it was going to be?
1: I found I was actually able to have conversations faster than I expected. They were kind of really awful conversations um, initially. But when you've got a teacher who knows what your level is, Uh, And this is why I don't recommend people do free language exchanges if 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 they can avoid it. Is is they know what you know and they know what you don't know, and they'll dumb themselves down. So they'll want to say something in like how you would normally say it, but then they have to translate that in their head to like like the three year old way to say the same thing. And that way, you're able to have a conversation and feel good about yourself, and then make progress. Uh, Otherwise, you get overwhelmed very quickly.
0: Okay. And uh, any unexpected things happen? Anything out of left field?
1: Um, I would not say there was anything unexpected because I didn't try to go in with too many expectations. I had a plan. Um, I had done a ton of research. But I knew there would be things that I didn't know how to handle and I would just figure out. So, I mean, like halfway through I found that my pronunciation was just fine and I was being able to understand people just fine. Um, And I sort of pivoted, didn't even finish the program um, until, you know, towards the end, I I went and tried to finish it. Um, But I switched to focusing on vocab because I found that that was the biggest bang for my buck once I had reached a certain point. So, I mean, that's why I recommend people now is sort of, like, build their base of, like, basic sentence structures with, you you know, basic vocabulary, enough vocabulary to actually learn how to, you know, it is an apple. You know, we went yesterday. Things like that. Being able to have basic sentence structures, and then you can add vocabulary on top of that. It suddenly, becomes extremely useful.
0: Okay. Okay. So, vocab had to had to come in big time. Is that, uh, uh, you know, anything you would have changed uh, besides besides that? If you could kind of redo the entire entire experience.
1: Um, if I could redo it, I, I wish baselink existed. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, so that's why we, that's why we built it, but um, I, I wish I'd done even more speaking time. I think I probably spent too much time after the lessons, you know, switching back to English because I was just mentally exhausted when, you know, I probably could have gone out into the streets and, you know, got in, you know, some more reps of actually having conversations with people.
0: Right. Um,
1: but other than that, I mean, the, the way I approached it, 100%. I just probably would have tried to do more volume.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, and and was it? I was going to ask that as well. Just kind of curious about uh, what what you kind of switching gears to baseline com. Um, how did the how did that uh, idea come about? And and did you were you planning to start that before the documentary, or or how'd that come?
1: No, um, actually, the the intention with the documentary was to try and get some sponsors and uh, to pay for it, and then. If I make a tiny bit of money from, from the documentary, I'm like, great, so I've got enough to live on, now I can do another documentary. Because you know my thing is learning stuff fast. I'm like, all right, well... So the intention was to go in and just shoot a string of documentaries and, and live off of doing lots of different films like this. And um, that didn't work, because uh, no one wanted to give me anything, because I was untested. No one thought I could actually pull it off. Um, no one knew what my video skills were like. So that that fell through. I'm like, all right, well, I need to make some money off of this to, because I spent a lot to, to do it. I mean, I spent $1,350 just on my teacher for the month. Sure. Um, yeah, so I need to make some money off of this. I was like, okay, so I can, I can sell some other people's products you know, from the documentary. I'm like, yeah, but if I'm gonna do that, I should do my own. So then I enlisted uh, the help of Adrian, who was my teacher, and said, okay, can you help me you know, work on this thing I wanna do? And about thirty minutes in, he's like, "You know, dude, this kind of sucks, and uh, i 'm going to do this other thing, and it 's kind of awesome, and you should kind of do it with me it 's basically how it went down, so that was like the the seed of the idea that is now baseline, and uh, I gave it a thought and it just made sense, and, and we ran with it
0: awesome, awesome uh, so yeah, what uh, I guess you know I usually ask the the guests uh, what kind of makes their their language service or, or approach or method unique. But in this case, it's quite, quite evident. Uh, you know, it there's, I've never seen anybody offer unlimited Spanish lessons for really affordable, uh, monthly fee. Uh, how'd you, how'd you guys come up with this, uh, this idea there?
1: That was the model that he was, Adrian was using in his other business. So before we did this together, he was running a business, teaching English to Spanish speakers. And, um, you know, the reality is, you know, with, with with businesses, like people think that they need a great idea, but really, there's there's nothing original about what we do. Uh, we just take something that's been around for a very long time, which is, you know, Spanish tutoring or language tutoring in general. We do it very, very well, um, and then we we put a unique pricing model on it. So if we just offered another service, you know, by the hour, you know, we would just be lost in, in the endless sea of you know other services that are, that are the same. So we had to put a unique spin on it, um, and, and also because I wish this existed for me, because you know, when I'm you know, pushing on doing like a lot of language in a short period of time, you know, it gets really expensive to pay for a tutor, and this is sort of the solution.
0: Awesome. And, and so, okay, from a learner's perspective, what, uh, what is a typical baseline session like?
1: The typical session, so they have, they book it on our platform, so they go in and they can, you know, select the teacher, they can pick the time that they want, and, you know, the teacher after that, from from those that are available for that time slot, and then um, when it's time for the lesson, they're on Skype, the teacher will add them, and they start the class, and depending on what their progress is because we keep a track record of their progress on the back end so we could see, okay, they're, they're kind of good at this and they've got that down and this is the next lesson they should be covering. Um, but at this stage of, you know, where they're at, they should probably have some conversation time. So depending on, like, the, the teacher and the style that they like, so each teacher is a little bit different. Um, we're all teaching through the same curriculum, but, you know, stylistic or personality differences are important because, you know, some, some people love a teacher and some people won't like them at all. Um, just from that personality difference. But, so they'll start in and, you know, they may have a conversation class where it's just a conversation and they're trying to, you know... Behind the scenes, the teacher is making them use all the things that they've been learning recently, but to the student, it just feels like they're having a conversation. Um, or they're teaching, you know, a new concept. And, you know, if the student wants something particular, we have some people who come to us and they're like, I know what I want, um... You know, you just provide the teacher, and I'll tell them what I want to want to be taught, or I, I I know what I want to be to how I want to cover something, or how I learn best, or the curriculum I want to use. Um, then we have some people who just use us in you know sandbox mode.
0: Okay, and and you mentioned the curriculum. Is there is there a specific uh, one that you use a a methodology approach, or did you did you kind of invent it for yourselves, or?
1: Yeah. So we we launched with a, a curriculum that was it was good. But we've just moved over to um, a new curriculum that is, uh, frankly, I don't know what could be better about it. So we basically broke the language down, found out, okay, what is the things that need to happen first? So It's based on frequency and, and usefulness. So we'll teach something earlier, even if it's quote-unquote more advanced, if it's used a lot. Um, but we'll teach something later, even if it's like quote-unquote easier, if you can get around using it you don't need it for longer um same thing with the vocabulary that we're teaching it's all based on you know how useful is this how often do people need to use these words so we're skipping over a lot of you know the different things that you could teach just to focus on like the most important stuff it's it's very uh 80 if if your audience is familiar with that concept
0: yep yep the Pareto principle definitely um yeah, that's that's awesome. And because, you know, you see around on the web lists of, you know, kind of the, the top 100 words or the top 500 words in a given language, which, you know, can be interesting. But those are words in isolation. And, and what you're really focusing on is getting people to be conversational, to be able to not only, you know receive but also produce uh and uh and so that that makes a heck of a lot of sense and and there's a lot about that uh, i was going to mention your your ultimate guide to spanish which is basically yeah. an entire book uh which you've released uh for free which is awesome i really commend you for that and and uh, uh if you know if you if you'd be able to just say kind of I mean, you've been mentioning it already, but maybe just mention a few of the kind of richest nuggets that, uh, that Spanish learners could, could take out of that guide.
1: Right. So, I mean, that guide came from me deciding I just wanted to, I was getting questions from people and I didn't have anywhere to really point them. Um, so I had to write, you know, these essays back to people when they asked me questions. Um, so I basically decided all right, I'm going to make one single resource and I say, okay, now someone emails me, it's like, okay, just go read the book. Um, so I ended up basically dumping all of my knowledge about how to learn Spanish fast. You know, there's a lot of stuff in there that is language agnostic. So I feel even if, you know, the people listening to this aren't interested in language, in Spanish in particular, there's still a lot of nuggets. But I'd say the three big ideas, uh, and, and there's, there's a lot of different ideas in there. Um, you know, I lay out the principles first, and then... After we cover the principles, you know, we dig into, um, you know, sort of the strategies, the different stages of what you want to focus on at each part. Um, so, I'd say one thing is you, communication before perfection. That's just a, a starting block. You know, you if you are trying to be perfect from day one, and I cover this in the documentary, uh, you're gonna you're gonna shut yourself down. Um, But there's three big pillars, really, when it comes to language learning. And that's vocabulary using an SRS. That's a lot of speaking with the teacher, one-on-one conversations, and getting the sounds right up front. So if people focus on, like, the big things that really matter, they're going to make progress a lot faster, even though it's not as sexy. So there's a lot of different tactics someone could use or different things someone could do um, but it really comes down to you need to speak more, you need to you know, drill in your conjugations and vocabulary using uh, a flashcard system, and you need to get the sounds right, because ultimately language is just sound. It's just you know, ways of, of learning how to use sound to communicate. So I'd say another big concept, and this is something I end up talking to our students a lot about, is what I call intellectuals of second nature. And this is the reason that like, uh, university classes don't do so well or that people, you know, know a lot, but can't actually speak. And the issue is people have this giant body of knowledge, that they things they can explain, things they know on an intellectual level. You know, they can sit down and write an essay in Spanish, but if they, you put someone in front of them to try to have a conversation with them, they shut down. And the reason that is, is because they, they understand it, but they have to sit and think about it. So they, they understand it on an intellectual level they need to get it to second nature before they can have fluid conversations. And the only way to do that is through volume of one-on-one conversations and speaking. So the more you're using what you, you know, know on an intellectual level, the more you don't have to think about it. So I, I use the example when I'm explaining this to people. It's like if, if I say, como estas, to someone, they're not going to have to translate what does that mean, they just know what it means. But if I say, si estuvieras conmigo, suddenly they're like, oh, what does that mean? They have to think about it because it's more complicated. But the reality is, like, eventually when someone says, says that, you can just understand it. So you're just growing this, basically this body of things that you just know and don't have to think about. And that's why a lot of people struggle with, you know, understanding people when they speak fast. You know, part of it is if they don't have the sounds down. Uh, part of it is they slow things together, just like we do in English. But the biggest reason is because they have to sit and translate. So they they get the first sentence down, and they're already three sentences, you know, on. You're you're never going to be able to keep up with a native speaker if you have to translate what they're saying in your head back into English. So you need to have you know at least the majority of what they're saying that you just understand instantly. And the only way to do that is you know. By having lots of conversations, so to make all of this stuff that you know become second nature.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Uh, very clear too. Uh, and w- so, basically, I guess I'd like to to kind of ask. Uh, I'm always curious about as far as the going kind of back to Baselang and and how how you develop uh, what you know. You mentioned you switched curriculums. That you're always watching for for what's working. Uh, has there been any kind of feedback or, or changes that have been driven through, you know, kind of, yeah, feedback from, from Baseline students themselves?
1: Yeah, well, we solicit feedback a lot. Um, we actually ask the student after every class for feedback about the teacher, what, what they did really well, what they could do better. Um, and we actually publish every single one of those responses wow. publicly on our site. So if you just go to baseline.com feedback... You can read all of those you know come back you know each day you'll see that there's you know another you know big chunk of them there um and we don't filter that, so you'll notice you know there's you know a couple thousand there if you want to sit and click the show twenty more you know for an hour it'll just keep going um, and we don't we don't filter those because you will you'll see you know there's some of like all right, this is what that teacher screwed up on, and we want to be very clear about that, so students can go and look at that and they'll sometimes they'll look at that to to hear about the teacher, Um, but it's just an accountability for us to make sure that we're always delivering on the level that we promise we're going to deliver. But um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't changed anything on a structural level of like what the service is, but we've just been able to get better at doing what it is that we do. If that makes sense.
0: Awesome, yeah. That's that's some that's some pretty solid transparency there. Uh, I have to go click through there myself and check it out. Um, and uh, so, are the speakers all? I mean, sorry, the teachers are they located all there in, in Medellin? Is it you have an office there, or Are there remote teachers as well? Or
1: um, right now, actually, none of our teachers are in Colombia. So uh, the majority are currently in, in Venezuela, um, though we're starting. Because that's where we had our relationships initially. So, being able to hire at scale requires sort of knowing people on the ground, especially in Latin America where everything is based on long term relationships and knowing people. Indeed. So, um, that's where we've started. And now we're going to, we're, we're looking into other countries and we're starting to develop relationships in, in Central America, you know, on the ground here in Colombia. And, and we should start diversifying more where our teachers are based. But yeah, everything is remote. People work from home, um, and that's one of the biggest perks for, for our teachers is that they can work from home. Um, yeah, so we don't have a centralized office here in Medellin, although the core team, you know, both both Adrian, my co-founder, and I live here. Um, you know, the, the other three members of the, the core team are also here. Um, but there's no, you know, quote-unquote centralized office.
0: Okay, okay. And uh, so... In the future, what uh, any plans, ideas uh, for, for Baselang or for yourself um, as far as uh, new documentaries as well, anything like that?
1: There is one coming up, but I can't tell you about it right now. So perhaps I can come, come back on the show after that one's over. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have a ton of plans for Baselang. Um, you know, it is for everyone in the company, our everything. It is what we fall asleep thinking about and what we wake up excited to work on again. And there are a lot of different things coming out. And um, I will say that one of those things that people keep asking us is, are we going to offer other languages? The answer is no. We are not offering any other languages. We have no intentions to ever offer any other language. Um, We want to be the best at Spanish. And that's it.
0: Cool. Cool. Hey man, definitely focus on focus on the one thing, and and uh, and you could do it better than everybody else. Uh, it sounds too like I'm uh, just curious uh, from a personal level that uh, given that you're quite interested in learning things and learning things fast, uh, um, I'm sure you've been exposed to Tim Ferriss uh, and his his work. Is that is that true? Mhm.
1: Of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Definitely. Uh, anybody out there interested in in learning things fast uh, like Connor? I would definitely. I uh, recommend checking out The Tim Ferriss Show. Um, and, uh, yeah, so let me just see. I guess right now I'm I'm kind of going through your actually your Shortcut to Conversational uh, course, which is, uh, you know, the, the seven-day email course that uh, kind of gives a bunch of awesome tips so far. I'm, I think I'm on day four uh, uh-huh. to just becoming conversational ASAP. And that, that, I guess, comes from your personal, you know, experience kind of condensing down what it is that that you went through doing the documentary is that right
1: exactly so that was my um that course is basically me trying to give people the most important things um without giving them you know a you know, giant bomb of of stuff all at once so right. i we found that people actually tend to read everything and understand it and we're able to help people the most if we just distribute to them over you know over a week because it's it's digestible. They take you know a few minutes to read, you know that day's lesson, and I explain everything from you know fundamental principles to when you want to focus on different things to how do how do you approach grammar or, or vocabulary mm-hmm. um, in that.
0: Awesome. So, folks, you got you got a couple of options there. You can do the the ultimate guide to Spanish, which is I think something equivalent to a seventy some odd page book. Uh, One hundred twenty. Hundred and twenty. Oh goodness! All right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, and then there's also the uh, you know the seven day course, which is uh, which is obviously condensed down. Of course, they're both available for free. So this is really okay. awesome that you're doing that. Um, and I'm going to ask a final question here that that I've that's just going to be kind of starting as a tradition in this uh, episode, which I've modeled from the what's called the lightning round on the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. Uh, So I just want to give proper credit to John Lee Dumas for for inspiring this question. Uh, So, Connor, if you woke up in a parallel reality exactly the same as this one, but you spoke only your native language, yet you knew everything you know now about learning languages, what language would you learn first, and how would you go about doing it?
1: I would learn Spanish, and I would do it the exact same way I learned it. All right.
0: That works. <laughs> um, any, uh, any way that uh, curious free language podcast listeners can reach out to you, follow you, and Baselang, et cetera, online? What's the best way to, to
1: do that? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would I'd recommend for people is to check out the documentary. Um, that's really the, the best place to start, to just understand you know, what we're about and um, you know, the story behind everything. Um, so I would check out the documentary if you just search Spanish in a month on YouTube or really anything related to learning Spanish fast on YouTube, it'll come up. And after that, I would just check out baseline. Uh If you're not ready to, to get you know, right into tutoring, then you can look at the ultimate guide or the, the shortcut to conversational and, and just get a ton of free advice, uh, whether you want to use it with us or not. And I will note that in both of those, we give away the curriculum that we use. We give that away to everyone. There are, the course that we use inside of Baseling for teaching pronunciation which we called uh sounds of spanish we give that away for free um we give away the the flash cards, the exact flashcards that our students use so we basically will hand you everything but if you want you know us to help you with the tutoring side then then you, you sign up for baseline and the first week is just a dollar so if if you don't like it you know you just cancel after the week and, and you're fine
0: incredible Wow. Well, Spanish learners rejoice Uh, and be sure to check it out. (laughs) Baseline.com, shortcut to conversational.com and uh, searching for the, the uh, language in a month on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I'd really like to check in with you uh, at some point down the line and I really appreciate your time. So thanks a lot for uh, for being on the show.
1: Awesome to be here, Chuck.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the seventh free language podcast uh, with Connor grooms of baselang and uh, that was the second to last uh, episode of this first season which i um, really appreciate being a listener of and uh, if you haven't checked out the other podcasts in the season it's just freelanguage.org forward slash flp in the number one through seven now so Thanks a lot, Connor, and we hope to catch up with you again soon. Everybody else, enjoy yourselves, keep learning love and languages, and uh, we'll be back again real soon. I just want to be free.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't changed anything on a structural level of like, what the service is, but we've just been able to get better at doing what it is that we do.
0: Freelanguage.org forward slash FLP7 is where all the links are, where the links are, where the links are, where, the links are. That's where all the links are. Freelanguage.org forward slash FLP7. I just want to be, I just want to be free. the Free Language Podcast. Yes. My name is Woodruff. I would hope would to bring to you honor groups. groups.